a sore point, a touch point for people when it comes to new properties is defects. Defects when building a unit block, defects when building a house, one year, two years, years past. Let's talk about that process. We've got the best builder in the house to talk uh, with today. Stay tuned. Michael Vance is coming as well. Cheers. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Bergio, Mark Novak, Michael Vance here, episode 428. You can't build a... What we're talking about today is defects and something someone said to me really resonated, especially when it comes to new builds or anything really built by hand, is you can't build the perfect building, but don't judge the builder on that. Judge the builder on how quickly and swiftly they come back to rectify and judge it by that and judge it by that because nothing is perfect and there's no one better to talk about it than Michael Vance who builds pretty close to a perfect building. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but Mark, so this is probably one of the biggest complaints when people, it's just a very touchy area. People get really emotional. They may have waited for that apartment for two years and there's always shit that happens. It can be little stuff like the, the top of the tap's not on, or it could be big stuff that the bathroom's in the wrong place, which I think's happened before. Or the building's falling down. Yes. In, so a lot in, of, in, 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 in Homebush. Um, yeah. But you know what? Uh, thanks for joining us today, Mick. Um, a big thing about this is that it's a real roadblock in people's mind. It's a real stress point for people where it's just this unawareness. We haven't done it before. We're not sure. Should I? Should I not? And we thought nothing better than to have um, a guy that's built a lot of volume. So just to qualify, Michael, there's I think, Michael, just the last couple of years, hundreds and hundreds of units in DY you've built um, and and getting and, and what's gone wrong and how, how people come back. It's really, really important. I think at the moment with stock levels so low, people are turning to new properties and the biggest, the biggest stress on their mind is defects. Is the building going to be okay? Is it going to cost me money? Am I going to be okay? Let's talk about it. Yeah, Michael, how does it work? Because everyone always interrogates us at the beginning, of, what's the warranty, what's this? And so what's it, what's, what's, um, what can a homeowner expect to sort of be wrong in an apartment? And then what can they expect to be the time, turnaround time to get things fixed? Are they waiting a year, are they waiting a day sort of? What's your experience of how it works? Oh, yeah, so I wouldn't expect that anybody would be waiting a year to get a, get a defect fixed um, as long as there's reasonable access and you know the builders you know able to attend to the defect but ultimately um, when you we, like you mentioned at the start of the program um, it's a handmade product so ultimately you've got lots of people with their bare hands putting together products not like a, a factory floor where a robot's putting it together and it's to the, within an eighth of a millimetre every single thing that gets connected um, and put together. So you've got to expect that there are going to be some defects at the end of the job, but it's managing those defects and, and it's how the builder uh, slash developer performs in doing that, which is ultimately what the, the purchaser wants to know. So um, when you're purchasing off the plan, for example, um, you, would, you, would, you would hope that, I would hope that 
any developer and builder would be allowing you access into that apartment prior to settlement um, to do an inspection. Um, and this is a visual inspection. So you're gonna go through and look at everything visually. Um, you might turn on some taps, you might flush the toilets, you might turn the oven on, you might even go and test every GPO to make sure that everything's all right, which in theory, they should be doing in any case, but you as the owner are probably gonna have a keener eye than the builder that's been staring at the 100 or so apartments for the last two years building them. And, and you know, and, and you create a bit of a list, you'd wanna be able to give that list to the to the builder and you'd, you'd, you'd wanna think that they go and attend to those defects prior to settlement. Um, in, in my experience, when I've been delivering buildings, I would generally go down that path. So a couple of weeks before settlement, get the owners in, have a walkthrough, create a final list. And you, from the building team, they would have gone through and done their own list to fix their own defects. But then we get the owners in, they would do a list. You, the aim would be to rectify every single thing on that list prior to settlement um, and get them in for a second inspection to basically tick that list off. There could be things outstanding, like for example, if you had some joinery items that had a lead time, you might have to wait for those. But what we in turn do is, um, the owner might get worried about that. So what we would do is then just to create a clause in the contract to say, this defect has been identified prior to settlement and we're committed to fixing that. So that forms part of the contract document. So they've got that in writing as part of their, con their, their sales contract. Uh, and then we'd be committed to fixing it. Then. Assuming you get all your defects fixed, you settle, you move into the place. Once you move in, um, those little nicks and scratches are a lot harder to suggest that it's a builder's defect because you've moved all your furniture in there, you know, you've had removalists, other people in there, and you're gonna you're probably gonna create damage yourself. That's just that just happens. Um, but you're gonna start using everything. And when a building starts functioning fully, while testing individual units um, individually or progressively through the project is one thing, but have a full occupation of a building and then people start to use everything, you, you're gonna, you're more than likely you're gonna find some things that are gonna come up. And it's a matter of having um, the builder having the right systems and um, mechanisms to enable you to report that defect and, and then them to attend to that defect. Um, and I don't think it's fair to think that every time you have a, a thing go wrong with your your apartment that a builder is going to show up within two hours to, to, to fix it but you'd like to get some acknowledgement you would you would think within 48 hours um, even if that's as simple as an email saying we've received your 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 complaint or your notice of a defect and we're, we're, we've got it and we're going to book in a time to come inspect it and, and resolve it but you just want to have that communication because there's nothing worse than reporting a defect and then hanging there for nothing for days and weeks on end waiting for something. Um, so ideally they're gonna be letting you know, but ultimately you just wanna have some kind of understanding of when you're likely to hear from someone and it's just about communication more than anything else. And, you know, builders need to be, um, they need to be tending to defects, especially the builders that are constantly building apartments and building apartments, especially in the same area, because ultimately, they are their biggest critic, they're also their biggest fan, and they're going to promote them um, throughout the area as well. So it's in their best interest to fix the defects as well. And I think and a buyer will, even the whole sale process could be perfect. They love the unit, but let's just say the PowerPoint in the spare bedroom didn't get attended to for like three weeks. That can put that whole sour taste on the whole process. 
and basically, as you said, especially if the builder is doing something in the area, someone could ask them, how was it? And it, you know, the whole process up until the last week was perfect. And they're just like, it was shit. It took forever for a defect to be done. And it's just like, ah, oh. so it, it's almost more important the last couple of weeks because that's what a lot of people remember. And I think defects reminds me of the word boarding house. It's an ugly word for a lot of the time. It's, as you said, it's by hand. It's almost like a little human error, right? Because when I hear defect, I think faulty, broken, rather than didn't put the, the screw in or didn't put basically like a little human error at the beginning. So it's really just managing the expectations as well. And reassuring people it is something very simple that can be addressed. Yeah, and I think that people have got to really, really remember that there's, there's, you know, there's, there's maybe a hundred thousand properties being built in in Sydney in that year. Often in media, you are hearing the bad situation or the bad. Do you know what I mean? You, that what resonates is not what the good people are doing, but what the bad people are doing in media. 100%. So, you know, it's it's important that majority of the guys out there, more like 99%, are actually doing a great job. But a question that I've got is, as a purchaser, what can a purchaser do to be sure and to have that assurance? Like, you know, in the journey of a purchaser looking at buying a property, from the builder's perspective, if you were buying a unit, yes. what would you look for if you gang, okay, well, I've decided to buy new. What are the hallmarks or things that you watch out for to say, no, I'm not going to buy that unit or I'm going to buy that unit? And how should a purchaser act after they've bought that unit? Like, what are the tips? The tips are the tips are that you need to do your homework on who the builder is and who the developer is. Look at their past projects. I've been on the program before and mentioned that. But more importantly, when you're at that point where you want to commit to the, the contract, you get a contract to review. I would be asking questions like, what are the builders' um, pre-settlement and post-settlement processes? So what processes do they have in place um, that go through what I just explained? So do you get the opportunity to inspect the, the apartment before settlement? Do you get the opportunity to um, write a defects list? When will that defects list be attended to? And once you move in, what support do they have for the owners and the occupants of the building beyond occupation certificate and getting getting completion? So that you have a clear understanding prior to buying or signing up for the for the for the property of what they are going to do to service you and and look after you as an owner. Because there are going to be That's defects. There are going to be defects. That's yeah. a great so question. Ask the question. Asked. Yeah. That's yeah. Yes. So ask 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 the question about what what services are provided by, by the builder and the, and or the developer, um, yeah, pre and post settlement on, on your property. Yeah, that's what Luke said. Yes. Are the builders pre and post settlement inspection process is super important. Yeah, very important. And They're very important. Yeah. I think um, the reverb on the, on the speaker, it's coming back on us. Uh, okay, I'll turn it down a little bit. And I find um, a, a big thing was what you just said there that just had um, about the processes because we've had projects where you can definitely tell the difference between an experienced operator and someone who may be doing it for their first or second time when it comes to that process. Because I'm just thinking back in some developments, even when people love the idea of a boutique development, but 
So this is another thing I've realized as well. When the developer is not the builder, because a lot of the time, yeah. especially when it comes to like defects, you may be liaising with the developer, but because they've got the, the builder in as a third party, once the building project's finished, they're sort of off to another project and they're a little bit harder to get back there when they're not the same people because that third party builder may not be getting the complaints from the buyer and they've sort of got that layer, to, they've got that person in the middle protecting from potentially the angry buyer. But I find when it's, um, it's, a, very, it's a really, really nice synergy when the developer is the builder um, or a family together or one bit or a big company, I find it just flows very well for that. Can I expand on that? Um, Certainly. What is what is the difference between a developer using a separate and a different building company? And what is the difference between a developer also being the building company, i.e., Meriton or someone like that? Can you explain that? I would. Ultimately, on paper, it, 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 it's more or less the same. But the difference is that they get they got an ongoing relationship if they're one and the same company. So they would be separate on paper, but they're owned by one and the same entity, and they're going to be working consistently with each other. So I would have more certainty around the developer builder rather than the developer with a separate third, builder, third, third party builder. But in but in saying that. The same sort of things, the same processes happen. The same um, legal requirements are, are are on on both parties, no matter whether they're um, linked or, or not. So, yeah. um, in theory, it shouldn't be the same. But in saying that, if they if they're working together consistently, um, I think you'll get the same result. Yeah, because a great builder, third party builder, can make an inexperienced developer look good because that builder has got those processes down pat and the de developer could be turning around, oh, I didn't even think of any of that. Luckily, I pointed you guys and they're like, yeah, because we just do this. We're always building for people so they know that process where um, if you actually get an inexperienced developer builder, it can be, yeah, I think it comes back to what you just said, Michael, experience. What's a way to... um. I always advise clients when they go, well, what are their past projects? And you're showing them these beautiful images of the projects. I always advise my clients, just go to the building and knock on a few doors and just say you're looking to buy within the building. Because best people trick. can make- Best trick. Yeah. Because anyone can make anything look good on paper. Like I've heard developers, they like especially with architects, they get one architect to do like the shell of the design of the building. So they've got that, that brand name but really it was another architect that did the body of it. So there's a lot of ways everything can be manipulated or made look good on paper. But I think nothing beats getting down on site on past physical past project and have a chat with them that way. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Happy days, any other questions? I think that's a wrap, that's a wrap and appreciate you coming on, Michael. It's always good to have you on. No worries, good to see you. Are you a legend? Thanks so yeah. much for doing Thank that. You. It's awesome. And I think it's a lot of, it's, again, if anyone's got any friends or family that are thinking of, of buying new, <laughs> buying new, um, this is good, uh, it's good to share. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, gents. Cheers. Thanks, All mate. Right. Cheers. Thank you. Oh, hang on. I gotta get the video. Yeah.